Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, the New York Jets are in town. We were able to witness the first of two joint practices yesterday. We will witness number two shortly after we skedaddle out of the studio here. But quickly, before we Fast forward to previewing Saturday night's preseason game. Uh, your observations from the uh, first joint practice here at, at uh, the Lambeau Field area in two years. A cleaner, uh, better. Uh, you know, in 2019, I think everybody was feeling things out. Aaron Rodgers made a really salient point talking about how he felt like the relationship between Robert Sala and Matt LaFleur really helps. But the fact of the matter is with the Houston staff, they really just didn't know each other very well. And if you're not comfortable with each other, I don't think there's going to be as much room there to be creative with the practice. And it was somewhat disjointed. There was a hit on Jay Sternberger. It just wasn't It wasn't what, how you wanted it to look. Right. This year, I thought that was an optimal practice. Now, we'll have to see what this one here in a couple hours looks like. But the you know they were able to get the work in that they did. You had the Jets over on Clark Hinkle Field. You had the Packers over on Nitschke Field at the start of practice. The Jets come over, and the team periods were competitive. They were able to run split squads with the Packers offense going up against the Jets offense or Jets defense with the ones, and then flipping the page over on the south side of the field, doing the opposite. And I just, you watched the offense. I watched a lot of the defense. I just was really impressed by the work. And I, I agree with what Matt Lafleur said. I think when you're going up against a new opponent, not that everybody doesn't go hard in practice, but you know, guys have certain tendencies. You pick up on those tendencies. This is a different game, and yeah. it gives you an opportunity to face some of those guys that, you know, yes, Kirk Benkert's going to play a lot of these guys on Saturday night, but Aaron Rodgers isn't going to. So, I mean, like, those type of things I think can be really valuable here for Green Bay as they move forward. Yeah, and you certainly see the the um, the contrast in the two quarterbacks. The Packers, obviously, with the polished Aaron Rodgers, a three-time MVP. The Jets getting their brand-new first-round draft pick, Zach Wilson, uh, indoctrinated here into the NFL. So two teams that are obviously just at, at, in, at completely different points in terms of the, the development of their roster, their offenses, the quarterback play, all of that. Interestingly, Rodgers talked afterwards about how it was a little bit of a rough day for the new center, Josh Myers, in terms of you know the declarations, the communication, and things like that. This is exactly the type of thing, yes. the, the type of experience that a guy that a guy like Josh Myers needs, because you know for all the snaps that he is going to take in the preseason games, and we expect Josh Myers to play some more in the preseason, you're not going to see the exotic looks and the blitzes and all that because because coaches don't want to put that stuff on film in the preseason. They'll do it in these joint practices yeah. because the information's not going to get out. This is the kind of work that a new rookie center for Aaron Rodgers needs. He's getting it this week. You could tell Rodgers really appreciated the approach that Salah took too and, and uh you know, being able to throw a little bit more at them, getting them the linebackers blitz, the linebackers blitzing, getting the safeties moving up and blitzing a little bit more, that was cool to see because it challenges not only Myers but also those guards. There's a big battle right now for both of the guard jobs. Yeah, and you know, getting those guys thinking a little bit more, making sure that it isn't just going through the motions, that they really are, you know, diagnosing what's happening at the line of scrimmage. And for Myers' case. This is such an invaluable time for him. Yes, the offseason program was great. He got a chance to be the one you know, center with Jordan Love, but now he's with Aaron Rodgers. And there's going to be so many things that are going to happen in week one and week two that those two are going to be able to build together on. 
it's funny, Mike, for seven years, you and I didn't know what it was like to look at a rookie center. And yeah. and now we're back at that spot because that's just the way the National Football League goes. Corey Lindsley's the best at his position and is being paid as such by the Chargers. So for, for Myers now to be able to understand what Rodgers is looking for and also just staying up on his blocking assignments, uh, a very, very valuable time for him. Yeah, it was interesting. Rodgers said that he needs to get, the team needs to get Josh Myers thinking as quickly as he does. Well, that's probably not going to happen because I'm not sure if anybody thinks quite as quickly as, as Aaron Rodgers out there in the heat of the battle. But it gives you a sense of, of what they're working on here. It's about, it's about the speed of the game. It's the recognition. It's making the adjustments on the fly in order to make things work um, in the heat of the moment there. Quickly, though, before we move on to what we'll be looking for on Saturday, i, I got to get your opinion. The new throwback uniforms, the ni- the classic 1950s look. What do you think? Well, I was slightly disappointed. I'm not really? going to lie to you. Yeah. Okay. Because I got a preview of all the photos ahead of time and all the people that were going to be portrayed. And there were Mike Spofford photos in there. <laughs> and when they announced the uniforms on Thursday morning, suddenly there was David Bakhtiari, there was Jair Alexander, there was Aaron Jones, all these really wonderful athletes. But there was no Mike Spofford in the 1950s reporter garb. <laughs> I was really disappointed by that. I'm sorry. I just took 45 seconds of the show to say my own inside joke. But, no, it's cool. Um, I actually thought about wearing my, la- my Acme Packer like polo for the last time just to be able to get one more repetition yeah, in there. Yeah, we don't get to wear the blue and gold because anymore. Because for so long, basically in my whole adulthood, it's, that's been the look. Yeah. So for Green Bay to mix it up now, it's a 1950s-inspired uniform. It's, it has you know the green and yellow. You can find it everywhere now. I love it. And I love the fact that it was able to incorporate the helmet more naturally. That was something, one of the criticisms with the old acne yes. thing is you had a very yes. different type of helmet with the brown. This is a pretty easy fix, I think, for Red Batty and his equipment staff to basically just get the G off there, but yet it still blends really nicely with the uniform. A really cool look. Some amazing photos by Evan Siegel on Packers.com right now, and also Tyler Gajewski, our video department, doing a fantastic job with the hype video on it. Yeah. It's a good look. Yeah, you got to check it out. I think it's a really cool look, too. I, I love it. I was hoping that it was going to be something of that, uh, you know, that green with the gold accent uh, from the 1950s. And the Packers will be, for those wondering, the Packers will be wearing that uniform for the home game against Washington this year, which is also the game when the newly inducted Hall of Famer from the 1950s, Bobby Dillon, will have his name added to the Lambeau Field facade. So October 24th, I believe, Correct. is the date of the Washington game. So, uh Wes, Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7-365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. You just jumped over the golden fries, bruh. <laughs> I mean, yes, we love the shakes and we love the the cheese curds, but you got to give the proper respect to the golden the fries. The golden fries. It, okay. You just said it so fl- It was like, and we got the golden fries. No, we got the golden fries. <laughs> I'll work on that. Tell, show me some place in the Green Bay area where you can get a nice, delicious sub with fries. Golden fries next to it. You tell me that, Spofford. I'll work on that. I'll work on that. Teachable moment. Boy, I'm really under some scrutiny here today. <laughs> All right. Preseason game number two, 
Saturday afternoon, actually, yeah. which I have to keep reminding myself where I'm going to show up late for work on Saturday. You and me both, brother. <laughs> 3.25 p.m. kickoff on Saturday at Lambeau Field. The Packers will be taking on the Jets following these two joint practices they are having this week. A lot of things to watch for here, Wes. What's top of uh, the list for you? Well, first off, we got to see what's going on with Jordan Love. Matt LaFleur yeah. said earlier this week that he probably won't practice here against the Jets. I'm using my regular season mindset, which typically means that that guy's not going to play in the game. They're not going that far. They're not ruling him out quite yet at the time in which we're taping this. But you got to imagine whatever happens with Love, we're going to see a healthy dose of Kurt Benkert. And the real reason I'm very intrigued about that is so often, and you saw it last year in, with Jordan Love, the year before that with Tim Boyle, it's really difficult for that number three quarterback to get reps. Yeah. But now in this age where Aaron Rodgers isn't playing in the preseason, those guys are able to basically get their most amount of work in the preseason games as opposed to the actual practices. It's a really interesting change that sort of happened. Yeah. And Ben Kurt, I really liked a lot of things he did in that preseason game. He's, he's got to kind of slow down the mechanism a little bit. You know, obviously there was the fumbled exchange and there was the pick, but he plays tenaciously. And the fact of the matter is, Mike, if you're a number three quarterback in this league, you've got to do something to get attention. You're not going to be able to go out there and just dink and dunk in these preseason games and impress anybody. He has, he's shown his arm. He's shown his ability to stand tall in the pocket. He's not afraid to get hit. I was going to say, one thing we know about Kurt Benkert from what we've seen of him so far is he is fearless. He, play, yes. he plays the game with no fear. And yeah. I think that's what we're going to see on Saturday. So it, it starts with Benkert. But, but let's be real. What, what's the number one storyline in this preseason game? It is the guard situation. Yeah. Because now this week we saw the shift. John Runyon Jr. at left, uh, left guard, excuse me, and over at right guard they're using now Ross, Royce Newman, the, the rookie fourth-round pick. Lucas Patrick still at right guard with the twos, and Ben Braden was at left guard with the twos. But the thing was, earlier this week, they were flipping those guys. They were basically running like two and two with the first team. Uh, in the practice we saw on Wednesday, it was just Runyon and Newman. Yep. This is a major opportunity right now for Royce Newman to put his name in the hat for that starting gig. Yeah, the Packers are going to be looking at that guard situation very closely, and particularly with Newman now uh, in that competition for a starting guard spot. And they want to get that running game going. I know mostly the preseason is about the individual evaluations and, and individual improvement. But with these twos and threes, the backup units, you also want to see some collective improvement. The Packers want to be able to run the ball better. They want to be able to perform better on special teams. They also like to see their run defense. You know, if, if uh, you know, a guy like TJ Slayton is going to play 40-plus snaps again, they want to see the run defense have more longevity, yes. not just the first half, but be able to hold up through the second half as well. So all of those things um, – here in the mix, but uh, um, but I'm with you. It's 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 seeing what happens at that guard spot, and I think honestly, in some respects, how the running game looks is is going to be um, a certainly a, a significant piece of that evaluation as to how those interior guys are doing on the offensive line. The Packers want to get this running game going. Well, and then you saw what happened at the end of that game where Dexter Williams is able to break off four runs for 32 yards and. And I'm not going to be able to break everything down for you and explain all those holes happen. But Dexter Williams is a guy that I think a lot of people started kind of slipped off the memory a little bit because we were talking about Kylan Hill. Obviously, everyone's looking at A.J. Dillon's quads. And then, you know, Patrick Taylor was coming back and is a really good story after an entire missed season due to the Liz Frank injury. But then there's Dexter, you know, making plays. I mean, that, that competition 
going into this, if you want to call it the third turn here, this race, it, it's down to the wire. I think all those guys are making a case for themselves. Kylan Hill made maybe the arguably the biggest play in that game with the 22-yard touchdown off the screen pass, right. but only had negative two yards rushing because some of the issues early on. So uh, seeing how those things fit together is going to be important. And then also, I do want to throw this out there as well. Yes, it's about who's going to be left guard, right guard, but at some point, Elton Jenkins is going to be back at left guard. David Bakhtiari is going to be back at left tackle. That right guard spot, Mike, as much as we talk about the guards right now, you got four, maybe five guys all competing for that job. Yeah. And you know, the, also the versatility with you know Dennis Kelly plays right tackle, BJ, uh, excuse me, Billy Turner can move inside. Just so many different variables here that the Packers are trying to work through. Yeah, unfortunately, in the first joint practice with the Jets, we saw Dennis Kelly go down right, with sure. an injury. Unfortunately, we don't really have an update there. Not the kind of thing that uh, that you like to see, but most likely something that is going to hold him out of uh, the preseason game on Saturday at a minimum. So we'll see what the Packers decide to do at right tackle. And then also Devin Funches at wide receiver yeah. had such a really strong preseason debut last week against Houston. He comes up kind of holding his hamstring after a play on um, during Wednesday's practice. And, and again, we'll have to, we'll have to see what happens there, but, uh, but not what you want to see with, uh, with guys leaving with injuries. Another thing to mention too, though, one of Matt LaFleur's comments after the previous game on Saturday night against Houston was wanting to see stickier coverage from the cornerbacks, from these guys who are competing for these spots behind Jair Alexander, Kevin King, and Eric Stokes, and, and how, that, how that competition evolves. Well, one decision was made this week because the Packers decided to trade Josh Jackson to the New York Giants for Isaac Yidem, hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Two guys, both drafted in the 2018 draft, Jackson in the second round, Yidem in the third round, and kind of one of these change of scenery things it looks like for both players. And you hope it ends up being a win-win for both teams and for both players. We'll have to see uh, how it plays out because uh, because Ike, as he told us, uh, we're, we're allowed to call Isaac Ike here when he met with the media for the first time here in Green Bay. He doesn't have a whole lot of time to uh, to land a roster spot here, but you know he's going to give it everything he's got. He's been through this change of scenery thing before. He has. I'm actually surprised the Ike thing didn't take off more with the Giants. You know they have some pretty good Ikes in their history yeah. as well. But yeah, he, the, I want to start with Josh Jackson really fast. I you had to read about this in inbox when you're editing it. It's tough when you're a second round pick. Yeah. And you don't necessarily play up to that level and the expectations that go along with that. The thing I'll keep saying over and over again, and I know I took a lot of flack from our insider inbox readers for how I defended Josh over the years, um, and I really did see the upside. I mean, we saw it in practice. I mean, last year I started to have some doubts, and then he comes out, and I thought he had a really good couple weeks of training camp when they started practicing. I thought so too. And that ultimately, I think, probably opened the door to him getting more defensive opportunities than he did in 2019. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it just didn't work out for him here. I, I keep saying this over and over again. I'll say it one more time. Jackson is one of the guys I've really enjoyed getting to know uh, the last few years. And unfortunately, didn't get a chance to see enough of him the last, you know, one and a half. But, and just because something doesn't work out professionally, that's not a detriment to the person. And Josh Jackson, I hope Packer fans realize that, that that guy gave everything he had and he earned every cent on his paycheck to play for this football team. I wish him well. I hope it works out for him with the Giants. But 
Moving on to the next chapter, the Packers needed to get more. And they, they have two solidified starters, I believe you could say, and in terms of established in the league, and, and Jair Alexander and Kevin King. Shannon Sullivan has been the slot guy for a year and a half. Yep. And then obviously the first-round pick in Eric Stokes. But you need more from a secondary. You need to build that out. And this you, you, have to, you have to believe, and I know we're not going to you know, go pick in the roster or anything like that, but you have to believe six, if not seven, cornerbacks are going to be on this 53-man roster when, when it's all said and done. So even as we talk about Alexander King, Sullivan, and Stokes, who are clearly the top four, Packers are looking for at least two or three more to be on the 53 and then potentially even have another reserve or two on the expanded practice squad. Yeah, and, and again, we're not cutting the roster, but you'd have to think Shamar John Charles is in that conversation yeah. being a fifth-round fifth fifth pick. Fifth-round so, draft pick. They're going to give him a chance to develop. So then you have Yadim. You have Kabion Ento, who had a fantastic game on Saturday night. You have Kadar Holman back from two years ago. Oh, and then, by the way, right back here on your back end, you got like three late round undrafted safeties that are making strong bids. Yeah. You know, Vernon Scott has looked good, although he has the hamstring flare up now. Innis Gaines was a January signing that typically those guys get under the radar. You never hear about them again. Yeah. And here he is, I thought, putting together a really strong training camp. Guys, guys like that who get guy. signed in January as, you yes. know, those, those future signings. A lot of times those guys don't even make it to training camp. Like somewhere along the line during spring OTAs and the you know the personnel departments churn in the bottom of the roster to get the 90-man set for training camp. Some of those future guys that are signed in January before the playoffs are even over, they don't even make it this far. No. And Innis Gaines, is, he, he's, he's in the running for a spot on the 53 here, no question. Yeah, because it's not just what he's doing on defense. I mean, he's made some nice plays on special teams as well. So, yes, you're right when you say you don't know how many guys are going to keep at cornerback. I would imagine you know you've seen them keep as many as 11 or 12 defensive backs in this era now right between cornerback and safety all those guys are competing with each other and Adrian Amos touched on it too when we were asking about it after the game or this week uh after practice there's, comp there's competition there and there's a lot of guys vying for familiar roles and seeing who prevails in that I think is going to have real huge repercussions for this defense here in 2021. Yeah, well, there will be a lot of film to analyze after these two joint practices followed by the preseason game and then one more preseason game, the road trip to Buffalo next week. But for now, we're going to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of training camp and of Saturday's preseason game. We'll have it all for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time.